On this episode of The Failure Report, we examine how celebrity chef and restaurateur Darnell Ferguson went from being incarcerated countless times to being the chef to beat on the Food Network. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Fantastic. So we are graced with being here with Mr. Darnell Ferguson, owner of Super Chefs. We're at his Louisville, uh, Kentucky location, but you have plenty of locations I know we're going to talk about. But I want, uh, I wanted to, to like go over your bio because initially I was like, I'm going to read his bio and tell all about him, but I don't do it justice. So <laughs> I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, what is it? What would I, what would I start I was, um, where did I even start? You know, it's crazy because yeah. I feel like my life really started after high school. After high school, yeah. You know, before high school, yeah. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. it was good. Mom was in control then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So after high school, I feel like it was when life started for me. You know, and that's when the story got interesting. Yeah. Before it, you know, it's like everybody else. Yeah. Grew up in the hood, yeah. had a fantastic home I lived in. Outside the home was chaotic. Yeah. But um, we loved it. We didn't even know it was chaotic. We just, it was just normal life yeah. every day to day, so no one complained. Sure. Um, but came down here to Louisville. I was recruited. Mm-hmm by Sullivan University, which at that point was the number three color institute in the nation. Wow, and where were you before? Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Columbus, yep. okay. Columbus, Ohio. From mm-hmm. I was raised in Columbus, Ohio, born in Philly. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, mom got me out of Philly. Yeah, real fast. <laughs> which is smart of her, you know, I don't know where I'd be if sure. I was in Philly. Right. There ain't no joke right. out there. It sure is not. So, um, got down here to Louisville. It took me a long time to get myself rolling in school. Mm-hmm. But then once I did, I was off to the races. You were, you were ready. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And Sullivan was a beast back in the day. I don't know what really? they're doing now, you know. Oh, Ever since they really? want these loans, I don't communicate no mm, more. Shout out to <laughs> Sullivan. I'm being a little shady. <laughs> so they got me here, you know, ended up getting married, got a ton of kids. Yeah. And I think myself like a Solomon or yeah. David, you know. Yeah, got lots of fruitful, children. Just fruitful you know? multiply. Yeah. Good example for <laughs> Populate the earth. Yeah. You have three. No, Four. three times two. Three times two, got yeah, it. Yeah, that's all I like to say. It sounds better than six. It does, right. It sounds <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. I'll be on TV. I'm like, you got six kids? Yes. I'm like, that does not make Father's Day no better. You know, I just frustrate <laughs> you more. Like, how all six of them don't care? Right. You know, uh, so, at the same time. Yeah, Mother's Day is big. Father's Day is, yeah. ah. Mm, thanks, Dad. Yeah, that's all I want to be by myself on Father's Day. That's funny. That's funny. So I was reading, uh, and I've followed your career for many, many years, and I've heard you speak a few times um, about, you know, a, a time in your life where you failed. Uh, you had, you've had a few what I would consider just really low points. But I would really love for you to touch on a time where you were. You said that you were in and out of jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really the biggest failure for me. Mm-hmm. Was seeing myself what they used to put out. You know, the Dairy Care program. Yeah, come yeah. to your school, mm-hmm. there. You know, keep kids off drugs. <laughs> right. Tell you what not to be like. Right. And then I looked at myself like I had to. Like, I stopped counting. Because mm-hmm. I just kept getting locked up. Yeah. So you never count when you're doing it. You right. say it's not until you get high and say, like, dang, I was locked up this many times. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last time I was locked up, I was like, man, I'm like, the people in the programs, they tell you about, yeah. like, you get the system, you can't get you out. You can't get out. Like, right. I wasn't, like, a vicious animal out here killing people. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I wasn't meant to be in jail. Right. You know, so when I was in there, it was never comfortable. I don't think it's comfortable for nobody. Yeah, right. But people say I'm not made for <laughs> I'm not made for this. But, you know, um... That kind of really shaped everything for me. That was my lowest point, man. I was like, how did I come from the Olympics? I was a chef for USA teams in Beijing. Wow. You know, how did I come from that to coming back and doing all these auditions for our kitchen? Like, being mm-hmm. perceived as, like, going to be off into the races in my career. Right. To, like, now I've been locked up. Now I lost my whole path. Now i got to wow. figure out where I'm going to start at again. Wow. 
You know, so I just had to figure out life again. That was where I did. I told myself, I didn't know what I was going to do, mm-hmm. but I knew what I wasn't going to do. That's right. I was like, I ain't selling no drugs again. Yeah. I ain't hanging around these people no more. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to figure it out, and yeah. I'm going to do it no matter what it takes. Yeah, and it was just one day that you just had that aha moment, or was there a defining moment where you were, point where you were just like, I'm not doing this anymore. This Y'all, I was locked. I was The weird thing that got me was I was locked up, and when I I'm not from here. Okay. So people don't people know me now, yeah. but at that point, no one really knew me. Like yeah, I'm not yeah. from here. I came here for college, so I'm yeah. just another college kid that's in the city that I'm from. Mm-hmm. But when I got locked up the last time, and everybody knew my name, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, this is getting out of hand. Out of hand. I was yeah. like, let me fix this. Yeah, you know, um, and that was where I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to cooking. Leading in Color is a podcast hosted by Dion Stokes, founder of Joint Effort business marketing consulting, and me, Marta Miranda Straub, founder of Catapult Now, an organization and leadership development and training firm. We thrive on engaging in raw, courageous conversations and topics that unpack systems of oppression that impact leaders at the margins of white, patriarchal culture. So I went to the protest, and when I went to the protest, there weren't a lot of white faces in the crowd. And I thought, what's wrong with this scenario? Because, you know, people have been organizing around all these issues, and in the the white activist community, there was this question, why don't black people join our movements? We are passionate about naming and dismantling the barriers of implicit bias, raising consciousness, and forging new ways to think about leadership. Join Leading in Color. Join the revolution. I took time off of cooking. I got back from Olympics. I graduated college. I was taking a hiatus from life. You know, yeah, ah, why yeah. not? I'm making good money. Sure. Living why life? not? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I told myself, because I was a smart dude, mm-hmm. even though I was doing dumb things, I was still smart. Right. So I told myself, okay, save money. You'll start your own business. You're going to mm-hmm. do it like this. And as soon as I got to my last time, like everybody in drugs, I was like, this is my last time. Everyone knew it. Yeah. I was going to Vegas yeah. to celebrate. And then I got locked up like for the last time. And it was so big that I was like, I got to get myself together. Yeah. I lost my whole dreams. Like I thought yeah. I was going to just start a business. I thought I was going to be off and running. And then it just got deterred because if I don't get the money the right way, it ain't right. going to happen. It's not going to stay. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's fleeting. It's yeah. like money with holes in it. You know what I mean? So I... Uh, I remember that you had a restaurant in the back of a consignment shop. Is that correct? Yeah, oh man, consignment shop, gyro shop, yes. fish store. I had to start off with the crumbs. No, the crumbs. It was right. hard to do it though, because right. I was. I felt like at that point when I did it, I was. I had already made my started to make my name. I'd already yeah. done some big things, yeah. and to go from top restaurants, and then I left, and I'm like, how am I going to tell people? That mm-hmm. I'm cooking in the back of a gyro place mm-hmm. on the back of a local Simon store. Like, right. All my friends is in big restaurants right. running things. I'm like, how am I starting this with no money? So I had to start however I got it. Sure, sure. Um, it was real humbling for me. It was so humbling that I actually knew nothing about being humble. So, uh, <laughs> oh, now that's yeah. deep. You didn't know how to be humble. I didn't, know how to like, be, no. I didn't have to be. I only knew pride because my sure. whole life up until that point was all about a career. Right. Everyone's like, what are you going to be? What are you going to be? What are you going to be? Right, no right, one right. said, like, who am I going to be? You know what I'm saying? How am I going to do it? The only thing I was worried about was like my career. So the yeah. world, so much pride was in it. That's, That's all crazy. I had was to be a chef, to be a chef, yeah. to be a chef. So 
it kind of cut me deep to where no one even knew it was me. I used to market. No one knew who Super Chef was at that time. Mm -hmm. So I used to market it. We put the flyers in the cars and all this stuff to get people to come out. Mm -hmm. But I stayed in the back. People didn't know. Like I never told my friends, like, hey, yeah. this is what I got going on. Doing. Because I was real ashamed of it. Yeah. I'm like, why is, this? why is this my story? That is so interesting that you found shame in it. So let me explain what this in my opinion, what this consignment shop looked like. It was <laughs> so cute, but I'm a consignment shopper. And so it had consignment in the front and then there was like a restaurant, Bistro stepped up and you had like a little bistro in the back. There was a few tables and great people were working there at the time. And I just thought it was like a miniature Cracker Barrel. I was yeah, like, now this was. is what everybody should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so what you saw as a failure, people coming in, you know, it, when was this, in 2015? We started in 2012. In 2012. But you've seen it. That was three years into it. Okay. But okay. the thing about it is, that's how you've seen it. But I got to see people walk in. Like, people would tell mm -hmm. people to come. All the food's amazing. Yeah. They would walk in. I'd be up there at the little desk they had in the front. Mm -hmm. And then they would walk back out. I'd be like, hey, did you want to see the menu? Like, nah. We're going to eat somewhere else. This is not what we thought it was going to be. So for me, as an owner and chef, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is just humiliating. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I didn't like it for a long time. That's crazy. You know, and then you got the opportunity to open your first restaurant. Yes. What year was that and how was that experience? That was this, dude, I think that was 2015 or 14. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm bad with years. I'm bad Me with too. times. Me too. I'm trying to get my birthdays together. You know? <laughs> You're like, for your, for the yeah, but again, I'm trying to get that together. As long as I can remember my wife, so I'm You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll so. remember the rest of <laughs> So uh, finally got our first storefront. We thought mm -hmm. it would take us about three months to get our feet underneath ourselves. It took three years before it actually happened. Wow. wow. You know, so we had to be really consistent, had to fight all the thoughts, had to fight everything yeah. not going fast enough, everything not happening yeah. while I'm watching everyone else get theirs. Yeah. You know, so it took a yeah. long time. It took a lot of, that's when I started to focus on me though. Mm -hmm. You know, so okay. that's when I started to figure out like who I was, like how mm -hmm. I was made. I never knew none of that stuff. Like yeah. I never knew nothing about the Bible. I had never, yeah. I've been to church when I was a kid, but we only went to eat. Yeah. You know, like we want my dude's mom to eat because they yeah. had great food. They had great food. That's so I never knew right. nothing about nothing. Like yeah. I ain't know Jesus. Yeah. I ain't know God. Wow. I didn't know. Wow. I thought like David and Goliath was like Jack and the Beanstalk. Right. You know, I thought it was a folk tale. Folk folklore. You know, yeah. so for me, I'm just living off what everybody told me. Wow. So once I Found got all that yourself. out of myself yeah. Yeah. and I started to figure out who I was, that's when everything started to change. That's when I started telling people. That's when I started marketing a little better. Yeah. That's when I started taking pride in what I had and stopped comparing to everybody else's. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you identify that as a real turning point. Because I remember coming to your restaurant and seeing like Bible verses on the back of the shirts. And me as a Christian saw that and was just like, oh, that's dope. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of individuals aren't standing like that for Christ. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? In their business. And so I saw that again as like, man, that's so great. You know, and so what perception versus my reality was so different, you know. Yeah. I had to give it back. Day. That's why we still do it now on our, our menus. Yeah, you know, like we got it. everywhere yeah. we try to figure out how we can give honor to God yeah. because I know what I was before him. I have no yeah. I was still was a great chef. Sure. But that's my gift. Right. You know what I'm saying? My gift was it was given to me. So yeah. I had that way before I even knew how sure. to take care of it. That's so amazing. Yeah. So I uh when I when I talked when I wanted to interview you for the failure report, I um, ate at your restaurant one Sunday and I I was, we had some friends in town from Huntsville mm -hmm. and we came in and ate. We had an amazing time. After that, we went around and we were shopping and all these things. And I believe it maybe was the next day or two days later, I saw that your restaurant had burned down. Mm -hmm. And when I was, you know, thinking of individuals to interview for the failure report, I, I looked at that as just like, how low does that get? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you had a beautiful restaurant. I mean, this was, this is, he's transitioned from the consignment shop to this beautiful location. And it was like you had it all. Well, what was that moment like whenever you found out that your, your shop was on fire? 
Well, restaurant yeah, well, it was it was awkward in the beginning because when I had woke up at like three thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. I you know I got good relationships with a lot of different people, and one of the guys from the news called me, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like, why are you calling me this time? I asked, he's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, I'm asleep. Nice. What you want? Right. What do you want? <laughs> he's like, oh, you you don't know what happened, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, what happened? He's like, your restaurant's on fire. He said, I'm so sorry, I had to tell you like this, and so I'm like, all right, I hurry up, get my stuff on, run out the house, and get there. And it was, I had like a good hour mm-hmm. of feeling down yeah you know for mm-hmm. an hour of feeling down but mm-hmm. because i was already prepared for that moment without knowing it uh-huh. i was okay wow because because i had already started surrounding myself around the right people i had already started to work on myself as a person mm-hmm. i kind of separated what i did from who i was mm-hmm. you know That's so that was something that god was already preparing me for mm-hmm. before i got there right so right. when i when it happened i had like an hour being down yeah. and then i was like you know what Let's figure out what we're gonna do next. Right. You know, because right. everyone's looking at me now, all my staff. So what right. I did was that next morning, we got everybody together. We to, took them out to eat yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. We just talked to them because they was all you know people. Panicking. People who roll with me, they usually roll with me. You know, like they right. want to be they down for life. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, right. Um, so what everyone, are we about to do? <laughs> yeah, so everyone's like, okay, so what's gonna happen? And I'm like, just telling them, but everything's gonna be all right, man. We right. we we more than what we do. Right. You know, Absolutely. and that was good that. It took, I had felt so many times before that, man. Like I was starting another restaurant before this and we signed a five-year lease and one of the investors just disappeared for a month. So therefore I had to get myself out of that situation. And that was real, put me down for a long time. And that was where one of my pastors had told me, he's like, man, you gotta understand like cooking is what you do, but mm-hmm. you're a child of God. He's yes. like, man, don't matter what you go through. Like mm-hmm. this is who you are. Who like, you don't are. let yeah. that mess with you every time something don't go right. right, right, right. So I had to disassociate what was happening to me with who I actually was. because. The difference between like what's true and what's right. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was a chef, but that wasn't all I was. That wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you have become the face of super chefs. Mm-hmm. You have been on multiple food network shows and competitions. I remember standing at the TV as if I had money on it. You know, I felt like I was at the Derby <laughs> at the ultimate Thanksgiving challenge because A, I had to make almost everything that you made in, in my own way. And there was one recipe that you made, and I'm going to put my foot in my mouth on what it was. Oh, I wish that I could remember. But there was something that you made on that show, and I was literally writing down what you said. Like, I, it was recorded, and I was sitting there like, and what else? <laughs> because it just looks so amazing. But I would love for you to talk about the the shows that you've been on on Food Network and how that experience was. Well, they all, it's been a great experience. Like, it got me out of my shell. I started mm. understanding. I got started doing things I haven't done to get where I want to get yeah, to. Yeah, that's true. So even when the first time I did the guys' grocery games, I remember we were just restaurant, everything's going up, and I had to leave that Saturday. And this is actually like Saturday catering for the Migos. They came down here, did a concert. This is before they got really, really like big, 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 big. big. Mm-hmm. You know, they had some hits though. Yeah, it was so hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm working all night. I got to leave in the morning. Right. I'm going to just tell them I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, because I don't want to lose. Right. Because I've been this creative chef for how long? Everyone, like, you know, that's my thing. Like, creativity is my thing. I'm like, what am I going to look like if I really ain't that creative? Wow. Yeah. So, I was nervous that, am I really who I say I am? Because yeah. we're about to see. It's about to be tested. <laughs> you know, it's about to be tested so you for had the first a true, time. Like, fear of failure. So, you'd rather sure. not do it as opposed to try to do it and maybe win. Yeah. Or maybe lose. But listen, that one show I did has catapulted me into doing over 10 other shows. Wow, wow. And if I wouldn't have said yes to that one, because I had to get over it. Like, I was really like, man, I don't want to lose. Yeah. Like, I'm winning in life right now. Right, right, I don't right. even want to see me on here and lose, <laughs> see me losing. That's bad for business. <laughs> and um, and I, if I didn't do that, mm-hmm. I don't even know if nothing else would have happened. But since then, it's just been 
I just been proving to myself every time. I do a show, and they called me to do it in October, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, I told them, I told them, yeah, no mm-hmm. show would do it. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> that's because I want my own show now. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is I'm really just always doing a show to try to figure out like, how can I improve and impress myself now? Yeah. Because like, even when I did the Thanksgiving show, mm-hmm. my goal was to do things I never did before. Really? So that was my personal goal. I said, okay. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, how good are you at Thanksgiving? But then when I got there, it's different when you do a show and you know you're dominant and you feel like you're the dominant person. Right, right, right. I've never been in a show before where I felt like I was at least dominant. Mm. And I was up these shows. I'm like, they're really good. They're really good. Like, right. And you know, you get to talk to them. Yeah. And I don't talk chefy. Right, you right, know what right, right. Even with chefs, like, I, mm-hmm. I talk. Like in layman's terms, right. that's how I communicate with people. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sound smart. Sure. You know, yeah. um, it just comes across, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully. Yeah, it does, it does. You're not saying, you know, and I was 69 in life and I was in the weeds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they was all talking like this. I know the lingo, I know right. what, I know everything they're talking about. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is about to be real. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. feel like this ain't, it ain't been that long since they James Beard Award winning chefs. They yeah. running big time hotels. I'm like, oh my. Goodness. Yeah, what am I gonna do? Like this is about to go down. Right, right. And this is the first time I felt like I had the least of my knowledge. Mm. And I doubted myself the whole time. Wow. Even to really? the point where I won. Like I'm still like winning. I had to make sure I won. Like, so it took me a I day. Really? Right. It took me a day to celebrate. Right, you know, because right. I ain't thinking like, man, I'll be everybody. Everybody. And I won. Yep. And it's me. <laughs> and I did the one thing I said I would never do, which is desserts. Wow. And um I do it every every episode I had to do a dessert. Yeah. I don't bake. Mm. And people know that about me, know like he's not gonna do no desserts for you. Like I just don't find no in cooking, you should love it. Yeah. And you should definitely love what you're cooking because if you don't, it comes across as that. It does. So I'm not gonna bake nothing and bake it with hatred. (laughs) (laughs) With impatience. Like, Like, oh my God, he just wanna whip through this to get over with. So you know, I I learned a lot through those shows. I learned Mm. a lot about who I am through those shows because I keep doubting myself. Usually Mm. the only enemy most of us really, really got is ourselves. Ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got yeah. no, ain't nobody trying to kill me. No, you know, nobody. Like, somebody can hate on me, but they ain't my sure. real enemy. That's no. just called life. That is. And we do it to ourselves. Like we said, we said that fear of failure, if you never did that one show, 10 shows would have never happened. Mm-hmm. So when the opportunity presented itself, you taking it changed everything. And that's, I mean, that's an amazing testament. It's so funny. I remember learning because I do love to cook. I learned so many tricks from you about cooking. So one time you didn't have any buttermilk and you were like, just put a little vinegar in. And I was like, shoot, yeah, man. Yeah, had to make some powdered sugar from scratch. Powdered sugar, I remember that one too. And everybody even on the show was just surprised. But it was one of those situations where you realize like when I'm faced with adversity, I will stand up to the challenge. I will succeed because failure was not an option for you. And so I, uh, one of my last questions is really, what kind of advice would you give to our next generation? I mean, you've been through a lot. You've been through highs and lows. You've been through so many lows that when the lowest low that anybody else could look at see, mm-hmm. look at and see, you were like, I got this. I'm about to be okay. Because how long did it take for you to open your new restaurant? I took like seven months. Yeah, right. That's not real life for everybody else, just yeah. so you know. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, typically people lay in bed for months and they lament and, you know, they have to go and see their therapist because I would have, you know, I would have just been like, now how do I look these individuals, my staff in the face and tell them, I, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do for the next however many months. How do I do these things? But if you had a plan, uh, you were gonna be okay. And then with you being here before, mm-hmm. you're like, this isn't gonna take me out. It may just knock me down a little bit, yeah. but I'm gonna get back up. And I study great people too. So That's I'm great. not somebody who's just trying to figure this out on its own. Like yeah. I'm going to people, I'm yeah. learning from them. Like you say, you watch a lot of podcasts. I, I usually watch, YouTube something every single day yeah. just to get some information. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, um, you just gotta 
you gotta love what you do. And I even that was one of the things I watched today, and it was like, man, you gotta love it because it ain't worth it if you don't love it. Because too many things don't come and knock you off fast. Like if this is what you want, you gotta know you're gonna be tested to make sure it's for you. It's for you. Because yeah. if it ain't, you going the it's enough that's gonna happen in life to throw you off your course and make you stop. Yeah. There's you enough. know, so yeah. you gotta be doing something you love to do. And then you got to do it better and harder than everybody. Than everybody else. Yeah. And you have to love people. Restaurant, restaurant tours, which I like to call you a restaurant tour, mm-hmm. because now when you when you have multiple locations and you're like, oh yeah, I've been on ten shows and multiple, you're a restaurant tour in my books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you have to love people. How has that worked with you with being a person that's been like you know traditionally isolated, doing your own thing, being a chef, but then having to come on the other side and and be you know the face of you know of uh, of the. Uh, a probably multi-million dollar business. How does that work? Well, I gotta, um, I gotta do it for people. This is my mission. So therefore, a lot of times people gotta go to Africa mm-hmm. to do some good. Yeah. Like I get to just go to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's easy for me. <laughs> and then I think my staff sees that. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if it wasn't for me doing this, as I felt like this is my purpose, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it at all yeah. because it ain't worth it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It really yeah. ain't. I could yeah. go be a private chef for tons of people if I wanted sure. to. I sure. could do this in a selfish way mm-hmm. and just go home to my family and be good. Yeah. But I know I wasn't made for that. I know I'm not cut like that. So therefore, I know like what I've been through, what I'm going through is Mm -hmm. to show people. So I've shared so much. I sit down with my staff. You understand. I told my wife, I was like, it took us forever to leave Louisville. Forever because I love it here. And I'm still going to come back again. But (laughs) I felt like I've been in preparation my whole time here. And I, I just now started everything when I left. Join Effort Business and Marketing Consulting specializes in finding solutions for startups, small businesses, and nonprofits. We offer branding, marketing, social media management, development, and capacity building consulting services to companies who are just starting out or need help taking their business to the next level. Please contact us online for a consultation at joineffortllc.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at joineffortllc. But I said, I feel like Alabama needs me so much more than Louisville does. Wow. Because, like, literally, I do more meetings with people about personal issues than I do about cooking and scheduling <laughs> and work. I'm like, oh, because my this is goodness. Your mission. This, exactly. is what you're, this is what you were born to do. And That's they all trying to figure out something. You know, and most yeah. people just ain't got nobody. That's true. They, they don't know who to go to for knowledge. Right. They don't know nothing right. when it comes to how to I get something different. I like what I've been getting. Yeah. So you do got to go to That's why people say they go to seminars. There's so much opportunity is not what we're missing. You know, we just missing knowledge. We just missing knowledge. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because most things I tell people, I told my guy the other day, he asked me for some advice. I said, hey, I'm tired of giving out advice people when you're listening to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if I tell you this. Do it. Let me make sure you doing it. Yeah. Because I ain't got time to be telling everybody. I'll take time with everybody. Right, right. And like, I'll be like, okay, I want you to go down. I want you to write down what you want out of life. Because yeah. we're not going to do this whole sit down and I mentor to you. Mm-hmm. But you don't know nothing about yourself. Right, right. So you go down. I want you to take some time with yourself. Write down everything it is you want in life. I want mm-hmm. you to tell me what kind of house you want. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what kind of income you need to make. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Put a dollar yeah. amount next to it. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I want to know everything you want out of life. Mm-hmm. And then let's figure out how you're going to go get it. Wow. You know, let's get wow. a goal. Let's get some plans. Let's have some steps. Yeah. Let's get something. Because as long as you see yourself moving forward, you're happy. You're happy. Progress is all people need. Sure, but sure. if you don't see that progress, it's hard to live. It's hard to maintain that positive yeah. uh, mentality. Because even with like 50 Cent, 
I'm not a huge 50 Cent rap fan mm-hmm. since high school. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. since high school. <laughs> but, you know, he said the best. He's like, people always call me cocky and conceited. Mm-hmm. He's like, but people don't understand what I had to tell myself from the time I wrote my first album to the time it came out. He's like, it was long as years. Wow. He said, so I had to tell myself, this is who I am, even when everything didn't seem like. Yeah. He said, so I had yeah. to believe that. So yeah. now I seem cocky and confident because I had to lie to myself about something that wasn't true mm-hmm. until it became true. Until it became true. You, know? you said you were like, I was in jail and I had to say, I am a chef. This is not who mm-hmm. I am. And now today, you're a restaurateur, you're a, a proud father of six, and you handed out amazing nugget of knowledge. That was amazing. You have to write down your goals and aspirations and work towards those in order to achieve them. Because most people don't know what they want in life. They just want it's a better true. life, but what is a better life? I can get you, you want to make an extra hundred dollars a week? Right. Is that better? That's technically better than what you got now. Right. But yeah. let's literally think about what we want from life without any blockers. Just saying, I can't get this, I can't get that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Without being our own enemy, because as long as you don't stop, like mm-hmm. you're going to get it. The you problem is you stop. Yeah. You know, look at everybody who's successful. Steve Jobs, I studied him for a long time. He's mm-hmm. one of the best successful people to study really? um, because he failed so much. Yeah. And he adapted to failure to understand. Like he said, the, him getting kicked out of his own company, he said, was the medicine the doctor needed to prescribe for him. For him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because people don't want to fail, but mm-hmm. you don't understand. The only reason why failure is bad is we don't learn it from it. That's when it's not the right yeah. way for you. But yeah. it's you. Yeah. It's not it. Right? It's yeah. doing its job. No matter it's what you do, mm-hmm. it's going to do its job. You're supposed right. to learn from it. Though. That's right. So as long as you learn from it and you do something different, you're going to be okay. And then it may not work again. Just do something different again. Like, yeah. figure it out. Don't figure stop until you figure it out. Yeah. That's the only difference I did is I never quit. I ain't stopped. I love that. That is the perfect way to end this episode. I appreciate you, Darnell, so much for taking time to speak with us. But we have two things I want to do before we end. The first thing is I like to give this time for shameless shout outs. You have a new restaurant. You may be opening one in this city, in that city. We need to know where to find you, all your handles, and then where can we see a new Super Chef's opening up soon? All right. So I mainly do Instagram, which is the Super Chef underscore 23. Uh, we got the restaurant here in Louisville, Kentucky, Tuscumbia, Alabama, opening one up in Huntsville by the yes, end of the year. My hometown. Um, yeah, it's a great city, too. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's like a different version of Louisville. It's weird, right? Mm-hmm. I love it, though. It is. Um, <laughs> if Kentucky State was closer to Louisville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, hopefully we get this one in Atlanta called Traffic open up by the end of the month, in the next month. So just really trying to get out there. My goal is to use my success mm-hmm. to show other people how to get theirs. Yeah, that's You know, because awesome. this isn't, it doesn't matter if I'm cooking or if I'm trying to be a doctor, no matter what I'm trying to do, there's a way, people have already done this. Yeah. Let's yeah. just figure out how they did it. Yeah. And let's go ahead and, and copyright it for yourself. And copyright it for yourself and do it my way. <laughs> yeah. Do it better, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. So Instagram, we can find you. You have restaurants opening nationwide. We'll make sure it link all those things in our bio. So the last thing we have to do, mm-hmm. I got this from my homeboy, Kev on stage. Shout out to Kev on stage. Is one's gotta go. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You did the Thanksgiving challenge on Food Network. Okay. I love that one personally. So, if there was one Thanksgiving side that has to go, which one would it be? Macaroni and cheese, dressing, green bean casserole, <laughs> or cranberry sauce? Can I have three of them go? Right. Three. <laughs> yeah, green bean casserole. Can go. Can go. Uh-huh. Cranberry sauce can go. Wow. And dressing can go because I hate soggy bread. You hate soggy bread. My sister doesn't like soggy bread either. Oh, man. So, but it would be first cranberry sauce. It just ain't got no place for me. It doesn't have a place. You know, yeah, I get people who like it. Like what they, mm-hmm. what they was it? With the turkey? Yeah, with turkey. You no, know, yeah. so I never had green bean casserole until I came and got into college and like really? seen them make it in school. Oh, like So I'm from the north. We, we really yeah. wasn't making green bean casserole, casserole that often. Yeah. You know, we did the macaroni and cheese. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's different because so when we did this Thanksgiving episode, mm-hmm. they had like Thanksgiving inside, you had to redo. Right. Culturally different. Culturally you know what I'm saying? Like, we had different. Thanksgiving uh, ingredient staples you had to use. Like, oh, I ain't never had a chestnut Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, like, I ain't had a uh, parsnip in Thanksgiving right. ever. You know, right. so right. it's so right. culturally different that yeah. for me, we just did like oh, honey baked ham, yeah. you know, greens. And greens and macaroni and cheese. Yep. Thanksgiving. Super potato casserole, yeah. you sit down, but that's the. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that had to stay. I'm an easy eater. It's so funny. I was putting these questions together, and I'm a restaurant consultant. I've worked in restaurants for years, and I'm a foodie. And so when I was putting these questions together, I was like, what herb has to go? And my family was like, you're the only one that would know, like, I can't live without rosemary, you know? Yeah, yeah you got to be in the industry to understand that. Yeah, yeah, you most do. definitely. That most definitely. Funny. One platform has to go. Okay. Netflix, Hulu, cable TV, which is where Food Network is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or YouTube. Hulu. Hulu. I can Hulu. do that one. Cities have to go. Now, I follow you on Instagram, and I know you travel extensively, so this was just for you. Cities that have to go, one of them. L.A., Chicago, New York, or Miami? Mm -hmm. L.A., New York, Chicago, or Miami? I know, right? Miami. (gasps) Miami. Even though I love the beach, the beach is a winner for me. Yeah. Nah, it's probably Chicago. Okay. Chicago got to go. Chicago's got to go. Yeah, you got to keep Miami over Chicago. Yeah, because I can get good weather and food. It's you know? true. <laughs> right. And that doesn't come uh, in a, no, in a so The whole city. You know, <laughs> right. not just the food. The whole city. Right. Better views. Yes. You know, more things to do. It is. Chicago, you can eat and you can eat. Yeah, you can you know? eat so, yeah. Exactly. That's about so, it, though. Yeah. I do that. Chicago is, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of the super fine dining restaurants no more. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm out of that phase of life. You know, at one point, you want to be the high-end chef. Mm-hmm. You want all these intricate dishes. Mm-hmm. And then once you find out who you are, you be like, I'm good on that. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna take what I learned from there. The, sure, the sure, balances sure. and the um, structure, but I ain't gonna do that food no more. Yeah. So I ain't for that. I ain't against it though. Sure. You right. He said if somebody wants to invite me to Chicago for yeah. dinner, <laughs> yeah. I'll take you up on it. I ain't against it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm more of like a Emeralds in New Orleans. Like yeah. to me, that's not that's fine down there, but it's not like the whole 16 courses. Sure, it's sure, good sure. food. It's just though. good food. Seasoned well. Yes. Yeah, good good portions. Exactly. The whole thing. That's what yeah. I'm into. I'm yeah. into good food, good portions. Yeah, I know that's right. You know? They have good portions at Super Chefs. Darnell, this has been my pleasure to actually sit down with somebody that I've been following for years. Thank you so much for giving your failure report. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you to those who sponsored and supported this episode. And the biggest thank you to Sophia Mobley Photography and Videography for being the dopest producer, sound engineer, and editor in the land. Please like, share, and subscribe at The Failure Report on YouTube, Facebook, Facebook Watch, Instagram, IGTV, and on Twitter at Report Failure since The Failure Report was taken. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes Podcasts, or wherever you consume content. To get notifications on our upcoming episodes, please visit our website at thefailurereport.org. There you can subscribe to become a fellow failure and get access to our blog and merchandise. We have things like mugs, t-shirts, notepads, you know, all the things. I'm Dion Stokes. Thanks so much for listening.